What's up, everybody? Welcome to Flagrant 2. No easy buckets analysis by assholes. Water cooler commentary for your sports needs. Um, we got to say uh, RIP right now. RIP to someone that most of you guys probably do not know. But um, a comedian friend of mine, a kind of legend in the New York comedy circuit, a guy named William Stevenson. Mm-hmm. If you ever watched the show at the Comedy Cellar, he was one of the uh, regular hosts at the Cellar. Um Older guy, very relaxed, slow tone, um, kind of big belly, one of those like big kind of hard bellies that old people tend to get. And uh, and he passed. I'm not even sure what he passed, but a buddy of mine, Mike Feeney, some of you guys might recognize him from the Inside Jokes episodes we've had up. He, he basically reached out to me and he said that uh, William Stevenson passed. I saw mm. comics start to post about it. And um it's it's sad, man. It is a uh, yeah, it's a sad thing that he got. You know, he uh, I don't know what he I don't know what he had. I know he was older, but um, he had such an interesting story. And I'm going to talk to some people and see if I can get it out. But uh, he was like homeless, and he wrote like a memoir about his homelessness in New York. Right. And uh, I think he was originally from D- D- Detroit, and they like moved here. And uh, he showed me an excerpt of it once. Hmm. I think I was one of the few people. And uh, it was like really cool. And he was just, you know, talking about the homelessness and what he would do to like pass the time during the day. Right. And like, it was, it was, it was really fascinating. And that's kind of how he got into comedy. He would do comedy in the park as right. entertainment in the same way people juggle and they right. like jump over shit, et cetera. And, um, that's how he did it. And if you actually saw him, you know, do it live, his style was kind of like influenced by that a little bit, huh. you know, it was anyway. But, uh, but yeah, so RIP, let's send some good vibes out there to William Stevenson and his people. And yeah. uh, He was doing stand-up till he passed. It's not bad. Yo, that is- Doing the, what you love till yeah, you die. Yeah, I've thought about that a lot. Like, I recognize that as I get older, basketball is just something that's going to become progressively less fun to play. Right. Because my competitiveness will not adjust. Right. Right? So, yeah. I can't do the shit I used to be able to do. Right. But I still am as competitive as I used to be. Right. But one of the beautiful things about stand-up is you can be competitive in this shit until you fucking go. Right. Like Don Rickles was performing with like a walker until he died. You know, like- That is the gift of this thing. I mean, I think Pryor was even on stage like while his body was starting to give up with, uh, what do you have? I don't remember. Didn't he have one of those diseases? He had something. I don't remember. That like ALS or some shit like that? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'll take, I mean, I'll take your word for it. Anyway, so it's one of those things where you can like continue. And that's not bad. Doing what you love until you go. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. Truly. We're going to look at this very sadly, but there is that, there is that silver lining. Yeah. You don't have to look at shit sad. Yeah. That's what I realized. Like, like, you know, and this was from actually hanging out with Duval. It's like life is about perspective, man. Right. You know, it's just like shit is going to fucking happen. Right. Whether you like it or not, shit Hmm. happens. Right. Earthquakes are going to happen. Right. The way you think about anything is not going to change the world around you. Right. You're very insignificant to how the world around you functions. Right. How you respond to those things is what makes your life joyful or miserable. Mm. If you choose to look at an uncomfortable situation and have joy in it, right. you'll have a joyful life. Right. If you choose to look at an uncomfortable situation and have misery, you live a miserable miserable life. life. The situation is not going to change. Yes. 
that you stubbing your toe, you fucking falling, you tearing your ACL. Your attitude is everything. Attitude is literally, and, and again, this is something that like you can tell somebody, and it's going to mean nothing. It goes in one yeah. in one ear, yeah. right out the fucking other. Most right. people cannot learn from being told. They have to learn from seeing. Right. Right. They have to learn from like feeling and observing right. the success. Yeah. Right. Like. Gary Vee can talk to he's blue in the face about being successful. Right. What motivates people more than anything is just seeing that he's a millionaire. Right. It's not the words. They're show like, them. well, if he's a millionaire. That's what Duval said, right? Show him. Exactly. Lead by showing him. Just show. Yeah. Show. It's like, it's changed. I mean, it's changed my perspective on so many things because of it, but like the power of show, man. Right. So these things are going to happen. That's what I try to think about. Like with every single thing, like. Like even with my pops losing his memory, yeah. Like unbeknownst to me, I had a positive spin on that, which was what he's not depressed. It's true. Like when maybe when he remembered things every single day, mm-hmm. like what he had to do and all these different things that could possibly be like he's holding him now. down. In a weird way, it's free. and this yeah. is just like how my brain gravitated to interpreting it, right? But like, uh, there's the selfish part of me. It's like, oh, I'd love to have a nuanced discussion about what happened today, and right. you know what happens in current politics and that kind of stuff. Right. But I'm not with my dad every single day. Right. Yeah. Your dad is with your dad. My dad day. is with my dad every yeah. single day. And if he's happier reading the same 15 pages of the same book, right? I've been looking at this book next to his fucking <laughs> bedside table. Okay. Shit is memento. Fam, the marker is on page 150. <laughs> It's been there for fucking three years. It's like, well, and I can't, like, you know, part of me wants to be like, don't you want to know what happens? I almost want to just read it for him right. and then one day tell him what happens right. just so he knows. <laughs> like, He'll forget he, and the next day anyway. What's yeah, the point? He's been reading his Abraham Lincoln and I was like, he dies at the end, fam. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, Pops. I can tell you where it happens, who Listen, done it. Okay. I can tell you all that shit. He, Lincoln had no memory of what happened. His memory was all over his wife. So, uh, but at the same time, that's so selfish. Yes. He, I, he seems happier now than he was before. I remember there was another comic. You remember Ruben when Ruben passed? Ruben Mehta? Yes. So oh Ruben, my God, that's sad to like even think about because he was young. No, but here's the thing. I I had so I went to this kind of like almost like a wake. I don't know. I never yeah. been to a wake, but this is what I imagine. It was yeah. like a bunch of comedians, our friends, of them just got on stage at Eastfield, which is his home club. Comedians will do anything for stage time. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> <We're> fucking <laughs> cockroaches. I honestly, you going to, you going to uh, Ruben's funeral? I honestly I, I, watching it. It didn't seem like that. Like people were like really fucked up. Right. And then the one thing I said is like I wasn't super close to him. He was Indian. I was Indian. We bonded over that. Yeah, talked yeah. about India at Eastville. Yeah, yeah. But like the thing I took was I remember Ruben couldn't sleep for years. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. Big horrible time. Yeah, yeah. He started putting on a ton of weight. Yeah. Just like it affected his life. And I was like, yo, I'm not even saying this is a joke. Ruben finally gets his rest. Like, I'm selfishly we mourn. Like his friends were there, like crying and shit. And I was like, selfishly, I get it. And I don't want to be insulting because I'm not as close to him as you guys are. Right. But objectively, you can say, like, as his friend, I'm happy he's finally getting his sleep. He's finally getting his rest. And that's how you can look at death and whatever. I'm not saying I do that all the time. I definitely don't. But like, if you can, that shit is beautiful. Absolutely. It's perspective. Yeah. You get more joy in your life having that perspective. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, death is perspective. Everything's fucking perspective. Yes. That's the thing is we have more joy. 100%.
Whatever. Doesn't matter. Whatever. So, Guys, I shit my pants last week. Did you? Yeah. How'd you do that? So on my way here. <laughs> yeah. So I got to leave dumb early, yeah. right? Because I live in fucking Jersey. Yeah. And last week, I'm doing a Patreon episode. I leave stupid early. Yeah. And I'm walking. And I had taken like two hours before I'd taken a, like an amazing shit. Like yeah. I was like, I felt good for like an hour afterwards. Yeah. 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 I had a probiotic drink. You telling this fantastic. story like a woman? You need to get to the point <laughs> of this shit. Walking. What was the mood that you were in while you were drinking your mood. probiotic? Fantastic mood. Yeah, yeah. Did your great sister shit. call? My sister called. Put me in a bit of a foul mood. She's, Go on. We have issues. Anyway, no. Uh, no, I'm walking right. Yeah. Super early. Yeah. And then I'm thinking I'm farting, and yeah. then I'm like, oh fuck me, and I'm about five minutes away from. The apartment. Okay. So I got to think, do I just say fuck it? Because we put such a pressure on being late. Do I say fuck it and risk being late with shitty draws? Or do I waddle back to the house? It's about eight minutes of walking. I'm not even bullshitting. <laughs> Waddling back to the house with shit in my drawer. And I was like, I can't, I can't sit on this in the podcast chair for two hours. So I ran with like this little penguin run for eight minutes at least. Back to the apartment. Rinsed off. Changed, threw away my shitty drawers, came back. <laughs> Can you turns go back out, to when you actually shit in your pants? Just though? a fart. It was a shart. Like you think oh, you're farting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. you're walking, you think, oh, it's a little fart coming <laughs> out. And then sheer up. horror. Like your mood just completely yeah. changes. And yeah. you're like, oh, fuck. So you shit your pants. Shit my pants. Were you wearing I was tight a underwear? Boxer briefs. So does that mean that it's loose leg or tight leg? It's tight leg, it's but tight a little, leg. there's a little hang time. It, so you know. did you shit and it just spread all over your ass cheeks like a Jackson Pollock painting? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had a shower afterward. Okay. So it's just soaking <laughs> up all of your ass cheeks. And do you have like ass hair? No, I don't have ass. <laughs> I don't have, have like your ass hair. I, I mean, I'm not like super hairy ass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I showered, <laughs> yeah. run back to the podcast, get here at three o'clock. Who has more ass hair? I'm, you or your girl? <laughs> <laughs> A solid Indian joke. I'm gonna be honest. A solid Indian joke. This is pre-laser. We're talking about pre-laser. I don't know pre-laser. <laughs> I have no idea pre-laser. Okay. Um. Yeah. Shit. Get here at exactly three o'clock. Still. Find out we're recording at nine thirty. So all oh, that for, for nothing. Wow. Nothing. <laughs> no. Oh man, I was so crestfallen when I was like, "I'm still here at three, motherfuckers." First one here. I text Ed and where is everybody? And then he's like, "What are you talking about? Nine <laughs> thirty. So I got to go back to Jersey. Fuck. Wait, why'd you go back to Jersey? Why don't you it was, chill? It was like an hour, and then you know, dog is there alone. I was like, "I'll just go home." Oh, that dog shit is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh man! Okay, so <laughs> Jesus, man, that's really tough. That's that's very tough. <laughs> had to throw away a great pair of boxer briefs too. Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. Mm. Akash, you watched the uh, you watched the playoffs. I did. And it's good games, man. Yeah. Except I, for the Cowboys game. Obviously. How do you feel about that? You kind of knew that was going to happen. I did predict that. I did predict that. Um, the thing, if are we jumping right into sports? Yeah. Okay thing that I didn't like was uh, the Cowboys getting rushed on for 270 yards. That's like an embarrassing number. Right. That's like a team, the most they've ever given up. Right. And it's supposed to be a good defensive team. Right. And I know a lot of people were tweeting me about Dak. I don't think Dak is great, but he wasn't the problem. The problem is you gave up 270 fucking yards. Lost the game on a third and seven. The quarterback scrambled. 
and gain 10 yards. Jared Goff is not, he's not supposed to gain 10 yards on third and seven yeah. on a quarterback bootleg. I saw that. He kept it in bounds too. That was kept a, it in bounds. That was a nice play to keep it in bounds. The safety was also, if you watch the replay, was just so confused. Had right. no idea what the fuck was going on. If he had any clue what was going on, they should have They should have at least made that stop. Not right. won the game. Still would have been a long shot, but they should have at least made what that What did stop. you make of, of, of uh, Zeke showing up to the game with Chick-fil-A and then- I don't like that shit. Why Zeke, stay wh- thinking he cute with his little antics? Yeah, what what's up with the antics? I don't understand. I don't know. My man had mad antics and he kept it shut the fuck up this whole season until this. Right. It's the playoffs. Now you have antics? Yeah. Somebody else tweeted me Jalen Smith's pregame meal was like steak and all this other Pancakes shit. Pancakes and all this other shit. And you got fucking rocked by <laughs> CJ Anderson, the backup running back. It's embarrassing, fam. Why is Zeke showing up with Chick-fil-A? I don't get it. Well, what? why do you think? What was he th- Probably because he thinks it's funny. That's their modeling now. I remember Charlemagne saying they should just have a fashion show for NBA players. Yeah. NFL players, same shit. They all got bits. They all trying to get their little wardrobes off. So that's how they get their shine. Yeah, that's like your moment. Yeah, Zeke wanted some attention. He wanted some attention, wanted to do something funny. Yeah. Antics. My man loves to be jokey. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not fucking today. Especially not, if you're gonna, this is what I always say, if you're gonna do that, you better produce. You can't have 47 yards in the playoffs and show up to the game with Chick-fil-A and think, we're going to forget you showed up to the game with Chick-fil-A. Right. Motherfucker, are you crazy? Are you guys as angry at him as like Cowboys fans were angry at uh, the Parky or whatever his name was for missing, not Cowboys, Bears fans? I don't actually have a general read on the pulse of the Cowboys fans. Like, I think they hate the offensive coordinator. He's not good. You hate your coach? I don't like the coach. A lot of people think, yeah, give him one more year. I think you get him out right now. Why give him one more year? What has he done to earn it? he won a playoff game. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. They were three and five and then they won seven of their last nine or whatever it was, which is cool. But like, who gives a fuck realistically? Yeah. They got out coached hard. Sean McVay's a beast, dog. Apparently, some people say this is like normal, but apparently yeah. they were saying they could tell what the Cowboys were doing on defense based on the way they lined up 90% of the time. Something the Rams picked up. I forget. And it was kind of over my head what they were saying, but just like the way they lined up. If they line up this way, they're attacking this way. If they line up this way, they're attacking that way. 90% of the time they could tell. So the offense is that predictable? The defense. Just like they're going to attack or this gap. De- so this is, is that predictable? Yeah, something like that. It was a little out of my depth as a football fan. I don't know X's and O's that well. Yeah, yeah. But like basically, if the defensive linemen are lining up in this alignment, yeah. then they're going to attack a certain way, and then yeah. you can counter it this way. If they're attack, if they're aligned uh, the other way, they're going to attack the other way, and then you can counter that that way. Right. So Sean McVay saw that apparently, and then they just gashed Bullied the Cowboys. Him. Yeah, just bullies. Yeah, yeah. The um. The Pats had a good running game as well going, and it was kind of interesting because we spoke last week about the Chargers playing the three uh, DBs. Yeah. And how do you play against a team that plays three DBs? You just run it up their ass, and Yo. you can see play after play Bruh. of these corners and DBs just bouncing off of Sony. I think his name is Sony, Sony Michael. Michelle. Michelle. Sony Michelle. Sony He's Michelle. good. He was good in Georgia last year. Okay. He's not an elite no. running back. No. Like, imagine you tried to play that against Saquon. Imagine yeah. Saquon is on the Patriots. He's going to fucking destroy you. Dude. Yeah. Bully ball. Rip you apart. All day. Rip you apart. And why no adjustment? And what's actually interesting is I was I was watching, they were saying that this is something that um, Belichick himself implemented. Belichick is a beast, man. No, no, no. Meaning like playing the three DBs instead of the linebackers. Ah. So they're like, and then what one guy said, one of the commentators was saying, he's like, listen, if you can draw it up, you can usually beat it. Yes, that's what I was thinking. If Belichick drew it up, Belichick knows exactly how to beat it. And how do you beat it? You just run it right up their gut. Yeah. Make a tackle. 
But yeah, I guess I just wouldn't think because Tom Brady's not a real running threat. You're, he's not outrunning anybody. Yeah. I guess you thought they don't have a running game. They could. We can just kind of sling it around. He'll sling it around. We well, I think we'll stop it. The, the the conventional wisdom was they throw a lot of short passes, right? Like mm-hmm. everything for them is under seven yards. Right, right. So it's like, okay, why don't we get quicker guys here that can get to the ball faster? I'm. You doesn't matter if you're a linebacker or a DB. Right. You're not going to be able to bully. Oh yeah, a running back. You're not. No, no. Gronkowski. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So the conventional wisdom is probably I might not be able to bully him, but I can get to the ball first. Right, right, right. I'm not going to stuff him at the line, but right. if he's going to make that little move and then go for the seven yard out or whatever the fuck it is, right, I'll be there. Right, and I can hopefully get my hand play. on the ball, etc. Yeah, right. And then Belichick was okay. We just running it right up the gut every single time. Man, that was embarrassing. Yeah. I'm watching a little bit. I was at my one of my good friends at a bachelor party. So I'm watching a lot of these games on my phone. Yeah, but I just couldn't. Both Rams game and the the uh, Patriots game, I'm just like these guys. It's just seven yards every time they run. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, big play, gashing them, bang, bang, yeah, yeah. bang. And Gurley looked healthy. Gurley looked Gurley looked good, but yeah. C.J. Anderson, he weirdly did this to the Cowboys last year when he was on the Broncos. But yeah. he was the one that I was like, what the fuck? Well, that's the thing. It's like if you pick a guy up in week, what week did they pick him up? I think after Gurley went down. Like late. Yeah. We're talking about late in the season. I think like 13, 14. And he got dropped by a couple different teams without even playing a single down. I think he was on Oakland, Arizona. There's like a few different teams that he played. Yeah, he played well when Gurley was out, though. No, no, but what I'm saying is when you come in late in the season, you got fresh legs. Oh, interesting. Right? Like, what do we even talk about on this podcast? Like, people don't understand the grind of the NFL in a lot of ways. right. Right? Like... So think about this. Think about you work out. You do legs. Yeah. You're tired for the next couple of days. Yeah. Or think about you playing with your boy and he punches you in the arm and it's a little sore. Oh, yeah. Right? By week four, your whole body is bruised. I heard older players like can't even move for like three, four days. Absolutely. For games. So it's just accumulative, right? And 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 you're not getting that time to actually recover. Right. And that's why you see teams that will like go to this, you know, they'll start out seven and two and then lose like three or four in yeah. a row. Like you saw with the Rams. Yeah. Right? The Rams lost... Gurley went down and then yeah. Goff looked regular. But still, it's like the team needs some recovery. So here's C.J. Anderson. He's been in decent shape because he's been on squads. Right. It's a good theory, for sure. But hasn't really gotten beaten up. Punishment. Has, and now he's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Like, you know when you're playing ball, you're playing any sport, and you know your leg is a little sore, your quad is fucked up or right. something like that. You you're going to take it a little... Mm. And running backs... I mean, you're hitting linemen, you're hitting linebackers. That's like a Mack truck collision. That's what they always say. Like, yeah. the force is like that crazy. Yeah. So, there's a big rule for running backs that they get over 370 carries in one season. Yeah, you were saying that before. Pretty much every year the next year they drop off. Yeah, they fall But apart. that's yeah. kind of the, like, if you can give your running back toward the end of the season a little break. Yeah. He can come back fresh and you can sign somebody up off the streets who's good, like C.J. Anderson. Who's yeah. not great, but he had a history of being productive. Yeah. He's fresh. You could rest your your tar- starting running back a little bit. Right now, they're both fresh for the playoffs. So that's what the Cowboys like have been for doing. Yeah, right. The Cowboys got gashed. Rams look uh, really good. No, I mean they've been giving Zeke a rest by not doing well in the postseason. <laughs> that's been their strategy. It's like yeah, once we hit three seventy, we just got to lose on purpose. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's out. It's over. Did Cooper play well at all? He had a he had a touchdown on the opening drive. Okay, he so you guys start off. Huh? He didn't get lit up like you can. Marcus Peters, we're going to get to this in a bit, but he, yeah, yeah. he can be hit and miss. You can get him. Okay, let's talk about Marcus Peters because we were saying last uh, last episode, and again, this is important for like the fringe football fans, um, maybe people who are even more fringe than myself. A lot of you listening right now, you probably have no fucking clue what you're t- we're talking about. You're like, why didn't you guys stop talking about football? 
NFL needed a storyline in case the Saints were to play the Rams. Yes. Because there was no storyline that would get us interested in this game whatsoever, right? Right. We have a storyline for Chiefs Patriots. We have the new school and the old school. Is the old man about to hang it up? Is he about to pass the torch to the new young blood in the league? We also have Belichick, the greatest postseason coach in history, versus Andy Reid, the greatest regular season coach in history. (laughs) Perfect perfect way to say it. I mean, you could say that, right? About both of them. For sure. Um... So there's a lot of great dynamics going into us. The football purists might go and watch this game for the coaching alone. Right. Like, can Andy Reid really do it? The, the the fringe fans might go, okay, I get to see Tom Brady, Giselle's husband, yeah. and Patrick Mahomes, this young cool kid, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Right? Now there's another angle. Right. Now, uh, oh, that that's something that they have. So now we're like, what the fuck is the storyline for Rams- versus Saints. Right. Right? We have Drew Brees, who's the sweetest guy quarterback, says all yeah. the right things, hypes his team up in a good way, has the good pregame speeches, good postgame speeches, right? Like the only thing Good Christian white man. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing really off about him. Except his scar. Yeah, his cheek is yeah. the only thing. Right. That gives him character. Without that I mean, he is as vanilla as it gets. He really is. He needs that. Maybe yeah. that gives him some cred. <laughs> I wonder if his team makes up what it is. It's like, no, nah, somebody box cuttered him in his <laughs> fucking face, took his Air Force Ones. <laughs> but like, it, okay, so you have a situation where like, how the fuck do we sell this? Right. Apparently, they play each other in week 15? No, no, no. It was, it was earlier. 14? It was like 10, 11, 12. It, it was three weeks ago. Couldn't have been three weeks ago. Are you positive? Yeah. Yeah. You want me to look it up? Doesn't matter. They played each other regular season towards the end of the regular right, season. Right. Um after the game, they're asking the Saints coach, Sean Payton, how they felt about the Michael Thomas, who's a wide receiver on the yeah. Saints. I think it's one touchdown in particular they're asking him about. Maybe the game clinching touchdown. Right, 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 right. How they felt about him going against the cornerback for the Rams, the star cornerback for the Rams. Right. Well, they have two, I keep to leave, but also Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. Right. And Marcus Peters does what's called a travels. Travels is not a penalty. Travels means you follow the star wide receiver no matter where he goes right. on the field. Right. Now, just to put that in perspective, when we had Miko Grimes here, yeah. her husband, Brent Grimes, plays right. for the Buccaneers. He said he was not paid to travel for the season, meaning he's going to play on the left side. Right. And if the best wide receiver is on the left side, I guard him. And if the best wide receiver switches to the right side, I ain't switching. Right. I'm not traveling over. Yeah. So they're asking him how they felt about Michael Thomas versus Marcus Peters. Right. Sean Payton goes... Uh, well, we like that matchup. We like that matchup a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. A little now, salty. Now, Sean Payton is the same guy who put $250,000 and the Lombardi Trophy in a case in yeah. the in the room to motivate the players. We were talking about this right. last week, or maybe it was on a Patreon. We like that a lot. Now, Marcus Peters is of the Marshawn Lynch school of post-game interviews. Oh, and they're homies. They and are Kaz homies. Kaz told us. Kaz told us that, that low-key Marcus Peters was kind of the star of the Martian Lynch show. Yeah. Very outspoken. Got that Northern California, really say your R's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Accent, whatever yeah. it is, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of words. Like, uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, my name is Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, so he goes... Uh, they ask him in a post-game interview how you feel about what's going to happen, this, that, the other. Right. Uh, and he goes, said something to the extent of Sean Payton is talking a lot of shit. 
Yeah. And, and we're going to see him again. And we're going to see him again. And I want you to keep talking that shit. And oh, yeah, all that shit that you talk on the sideline, we're going to handle that. And then yeah. we can have a bowl of gumbo. Yeah. Basically saying he didn't just talk shit in that little post-game comment. He talked shit on the field, which is so dope to me. I like a little coach talking shit. Okay. First of all, I love a coach talking shit. I love all players talking shit. I don't... I hmm, How do I phrase it? I don't understand why he's so shocked or surprised by it. Yeah. I mean, I remember Adam Thielen complaining about Bill Belichick on the field oh, once. Right. And right. then Bill Belichick walks up between Adam Thielen and the ref and just goes, go fuck yourself. Really? And then just what? starts cursing at Adam Thielen. You didn't really? see it? No. Yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, shut the fuck up. Go fuck yourself. Really? So, yeah. So these coaches are around That's alpha great. energy yeah. and they're telling the most talented, freakish athletes what to do all day long. Yeah. They're not afraid of you. Right. They're not like afraid to kind of like yeah. motivate not only themselves or the players. I mean, should Marcus Peters say it? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm hyped for Sean Payton. That's dope. Telling his play, like, what is he supposed to tell Michael Thomas? We've got a tough matchup. I yo, hope you do really your best. He's a really good player, but we just thought we liked the uh, fuck. Yo, you gonna cook him? Players. Yeah. What would you tell? What am I gonna tell Slide my wide receiver? I'm saying I can't wait to pass you the ball because you're gonna eat that kid for lunch. Especially if it's somebody they might be afraid of. Nah, we like that matchup. We love that we matchup. Like that matchup. We, we love that. cook that motherfucker. If, yo, if anything, it is a kind of homage because yeah. you don't say we like that matchup to somebody who's shit. Right. That's kind That's of insult. It's like calling a it's like calling a then skinny person fat. Yeah, you can call a skinny person fat because right. they're not really fat. Right, right, right. But if you call a fat person fat, it's like you're just being a dick. Right. Like yeah. why would you say that, right. Sean Payton? So if Marcus looks at this one way, he's like, oh, that's a compliment. Right. He's trying to amp up his player. Yes. If he really wanted to wrap his head around it and like play real sight games, be like, oh, that was him just acknowledging how dope I am. Yeah. Now I'm curious to know he how gonna he's find gonna find out. I'm curious to know how he's gonna feel. So Mark uh, Nate Burleson. We saw a video casting yeah. us of him talking about coaches talking shit to him. And he said uh, he heard Rex Ryan talking shit. I love this. And first he said to D'Angelo Hall. Uh, that's why D'Angelo Hall is a cornerback for the Redskins. Or yeah, was, yeah. I think he was cornerback for the Falcons also. He said, that's why, I'm, that's why my brother cut your ass. <laughs> and then uh, he told Nate Burleson he was a number two receiver. He just kept saying that to him. And Nate Burleson was like pissed. And he was like, all game, I'm a cook. I'm not this team. I'm a cook that motherfucker mm-hmm. on the sideline. And he said he finished like 113 yards. In so a it loss. backfired. And they lost, though. In a loss. But it didn't necessarily backfire because what happened was the guy was playing the whole game against the coach. Against Rex, yeah. Exactly. He was trying to make the play. He was trying to do that. Right. But to justify himself to this coach instead of making the smart play for Very the team. True. Anytime I can get you playing against me, not playing with your team, right. I win. Right. Because you might try a little harder with me, but you might be so amped up you get some roughing, roughing a pass or penalty. You might get some amped You're up. Maybe you not thinking about blocking as much because you just want them yards. You just want them. I'm not Whatever to, it is. Yeah. Yeah. If I can get under your skin in any shape, way, shape, or form. And if you can get Marcus Peters to bite a little hard, hoping for an interception. Cornerback, receiver, you can fuck up with less repercussions. I guess Alshon Jeffrey would disagree, but you can yeah, fuck yeah, up yeah. with less repercussions than a cornerback. Cornerback, you bite once on one route, that could be a touchdown. Right Game there. over. Exactly. And you're going to be so amped to do it. Yeah. Not to mention, you're going to be in your head about not getting beat. Maybe you won't take that chance that you would have taken. Oh, yeah. Right Give now, you like short I can't, yards. I, I can't, I can't get beat. I can't get beat. Can't get beat. Yeah. Now you let them go short on you all day. Doesn't matter. Once I'm in your head, if you give me any real estate in your head, yeah, I'm gonna make some money off yeah, it. And maybe Sean Payton said that, knowing we're probably gonna see them again. It's not even for this game. It's for the playoffs. And let's keep it real. If you're Sean Payton and you have Drew Motherfucking Breeze, yeah, you do. I don't care who Marcus Peters is guarding. 
I saw a sign. I feel very good about it. I like that matchup a lot. Let's go. I saw a sign that said, Breezes saves. I thought that was great. Breezes. The other comment that we saw that was really funny was, uh, Big Pick Nick. Big Pick Nick. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. What what was it called? Big Dick Nick, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Big Pick Nick. Big Pick Nick. Big Nick. What is it? Big Big Pick Nick. Yeah, Big Pick Nick. Um, Did you watch that game? Uh, Yeah. Well, I saw I saw different things. We were editing that day, so I was like watching it without the sound on. Yeah. But I saw that the interception and literally um, that game. This game made yeah. the weekend okay. Yeah, because you hate. I hate the Eagles, Eagles as much as I love the Cowboys. That's sad. It's sad. It is sad. You're so Indian. <laughs> that's so, the fine. most Indian thing. That's fine. Just to like hate something as much as you love yourself. Sports hate makes sports so much more fun. Like if me. somebody was like, if somebody was like, would you rather like. India be here forever or Pakistan just completely go away you'd be like I would be like maybe if they had just stayed with us in the first place <laughs> this wouldn't be an issue you know what I mean <laughs> maybe you didn't fucking partition yourselves off <laughs> uh, let's take it back to 1947 shall we <laughs> yo shit was popping in the 40s huh yo what else happened oh, oh world war was it world war yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no sports hate I've been trying to figure this out I think I watch sports differently than most people first of all we talked about this with basketball players mm-hmm. like I love a player that's not on a team that's not on the Mavericks but at a certain point I'm like yeah I want this guy to win though if you don't win, I don't really like you as much. And then also, sports hate is almost as powerful for me as sports love. It's like real close. Like my hatred of Kobe back when Kobe was good right. was crazy. Dude, I had this as a child. I had this as like, I'm not saying that you're being no, childish it be. about it, but like I remember feeling as a child. Now it's hard for me to like wrap my head around, like, you know, this like, oh, we got to hate Boston shit. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, why? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I, I don't care. Like I maybe the maybe New York teams have been so bad for so long that I don't feel the stakes of the rivalry. Yeah, it's you know why I think cuz your sport is basketball. And the, and Knicks, the Knicks have been so bad for yeah, so like haven't been relevant in a while. I remember hating the Heat, but then again I'm a child. I'm just doing what I'm told to do. Like you ever see like these European kids, they do videos on Instagram with them, like uh, a team scores a goal and the kids are like running around excited yeah. and you're like, you don't even know what fucking numbers yeah. are yet. You don't even know what that goal meant. You're just copying exactly what you see on TV and your dad laughs. So you're like, I'm going to keep doing that because it makes right. my dad laugh and my dad feeds me. So I'm going to keep making the guy who feeds me laugh. Right. So like, I wonder if as an adult, if the Knicks have a serious rivalry with somebody, I'll go crazy. I mean, I got on board with LeBron. And the cat and and the Cavs when they were going up against Golden State. Yeah, you don't hate the Warriors. I hate the Warriors. I hate the Warriors. Listen, I'll criticize the way they play, but it's not like you weren't devastated after Game One last year. Was I? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were. Oh uh, yeah, I was pretty low, and I did dress up like a king. Yeah, <laughs> but that was more LeBron love. I think this playoff, this podcast has also made it worse. I didn't hate Philly that much before. Okay. Like, when Michael Vick was there, yeah. I used to kind of... They were the team I hated the least in the NFC. I was like, whatever. Who cares? I don't yeah. like the Redskins. Giant, being around New York when the Giants won the Super Bowl was fucking miserable. Watching that game with a bunch of Giants fans was miserable. Why? The, the parade happened as we're fucking trying to bark in a comedy show. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of drunk New Yorkers screaming in my face. Was I'm I not there? even. No, I don't know if you were there. Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah. me and Alex Anderson. Okay. Um, other Alex Anderson. Other Alex Anderson. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then my girl being from Philly... 
All the Philly fans listening to this podcast just piling on, watching that fucking win that I didn't think they'd get with her family, fucking Meek Mill playing at the end. I was just like, I hate these motherfuckers forever. You know what? You don't know what it is to sit in a house <laughs> no, I get it. with people from Philly watching a team you actually kind of like. I don't hate the Patriots. I get it. Losing to the Eagles and then hearing that fucking prison anthem. Uh, what is it again? How does it go? Dreams and nightmares. Oh yeah! I used to grind like I used to like that song. Yeah, they ruined that song. That song over. No, Philly's now. definitely ruined that song. Um, you okay. know, we got out and y'all lost, right? Yeah, I know that was the uh, the bad luck. That was the bad luck charm. No, there was something I was about to tell you about the what was it you were saying? Eagles, uh, sports hate. I didn't. Oh, the Giants won the Super Bowl parade. No, something about the Eagles. You're sitting around them and then Yeah, they're... sitting in a house full of Philly people watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl against a team I like. Oh, yeah. I think that's why I root for Nick Foles. Because he is the crack in the Liberty Bell. <laughs> Explain. Like, his success just tears Philly apart. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. the better he is, the more they have to make a decision yes. to get rid of, like, one of the elite quarterback talents that has come out in the last maybe 10 years. Potentially. Potentially, right? Yeah. Or you got to turn your back on a guy who very likely could have brought you to two straight Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, if Alshon Jeffrey could handle it. Yeah. Literally, Nick's dick was too big for Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey's hands. <laughs> Literally, Alshon Jeffrey could not wrap his hands around the power that is Nick Foles. Okay? So. Nick Foles' dick so big, black people be saying he got a big dick. Yo, this is. Yo, Isn't that wild? Meek Mill probably call him Big Dick Nick. Yo, it's true. Alshon. <laughs> Alshon thought his dick was so big that he actually made his hands too wide <laughs> for the pass. The pass just went right through. It was like, oh, I thought it was Big Dick Nick. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, so, so there's this situation where no matter what, Philly crumbles. Yeah, but they got their fucking ring that they did, that had eluded them for so long. Of course, of course. And then they acted like the assholes they knew they were eating horse shit. Of and course. And you know what? Monsters. I'm not one of these guys that like you got to act a certain way in victory. Act whoever the fuck you want in victory. You know, like people. To a large degree, uh, yeah. People always say like the true test of a man is how he acts in in victory. Shut up, loser. <laughs> you know who says that? Fucking losers, you loser. Don't get knocked oh, out. Man. Don't get beaten. You know what I mean? I won. I'll act exactly how the fuck I want to act. And if I want to eat horse manure on the streets of Philadelphia, then God bless me. Yeah. I, I. It's the one time I've supported the Eagles because once you win nobody can tell you how to react to it like it's always these That's losers that That's are fair. like telling you how to no, you know what it is there. yeah it's sure. like it's like when like poor people tell rich people how much they should pay in taxes <laughs> it's like make some money and you gonna see how much of this shit you want to pay Oh man, win a Super Bowl and then you'll see how delicious this horse manure is. It's great. Right. That's how good a Super Bowl win feels. As you look at a horse's shit and you go, it's mostly straw. I mean, what's it really? It ain't that much doo-doo. It's just fucking straw. You know, you know what you're talking about winning with class. You know what makes me laugh? We played IM obviously in college, like everybody yeah. else. My mural. My roommate, Luther, he was playing uh, on his team, and then our other roommate, Harold, uh, Brolic ass black dude, but just fucking water with threes, like before Steph and any of that shit. Yeah, yeah. He had to like, he literally cut out of his campus job to play the three on three game. And then his boss came and pulled him off the fucking court. Why? Because it was like, you're supposed to be working oh, right now. You're leaving your job. Yeah. So they had to pick up this just mediocre ass white dude 
who just, he's just hanging out, and they're like begging him to play, right? Luther's team still wins. He starts celebrating. First of all, yelling in the other team's face like, yes, yes, that's what's up. And then he points it right in the, the kid who joined his team's face, and he goes, we won with the sorry kid. <laughs> with the sorry kid. He didn't even say we won. He just points at him, and he goes, with the sorry kid. And Luther, like a super Christian, oh, man, I laugh about that shit constantly. That's winning. That's how you win. With the sorry kid. With the sorry kid. With the sorry kid. Oh, that's that shit made up. me laugh. I don't know so why much. this makes me think of this, but I saw this advertisement by this makeup company. Will Noonan, coming from Boston, showed it to me of like uh, the new face of this makeup company was this chick with Down syndrome. And it's like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> Like, someone needs to explain to me. I'm not making fun of Down syndrome people here, but, like, someone needs to explain to me who's getting trolled here. Because <laughs> literally for years, men have been looking at women with too much makeup and going, you look retarded with that shit. <laughs> and now they're quite literally <laughs> making... <laughs> mentally handicapped women the faces of makeup so we we gotta be getting trolled right Akash tell me we're not getting trolled I'm gonna show you the picture right now <laughs> tell me we're not getting trolled bro I just what's the occasion for the makeup son what you got a job interview the the a birthday cake just came out the <laughs> oven I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> son, son, you can't make it oh, up, bro. Uh, uh, what's it called? Face of Benefit Cosmetics. It. I mean, look, and she's, she's oh, they dude. Start. She's hot. She's a pretty girl. She's a pretty girl. I mean, dude, that's some good makeup. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait there a minute. Now I see what these motherfuckers are doing. Oh my god. Oh, That's the most evil shit. What? That you should add this to your makeup bit. Yeah. I won't uh ruin it, but Akash's episode of Inside Jokes, he is a he has a great bit about um makeup companies being evil. I we won't I don't want to oh, spoil yeah, it yeah. for you, but there's something that you could add to the bit about like what is makeup? Ooh, this is evil for them. This is not me saying this. This is the company. The execs in this company are sitting around a boardroom. Right. Right? And they're going, how do we convince people that makeup makes them beautiful? Mm. Right? Right. Like, for example, if you could take a dude, put him in makeup, and make him a beautiful girl, mm. if I'm some ugly bitch, I'm like, I can get that. Give me it. <laughs> Give me all of it. <laughs> Right? Like, think about that. Because as a girl that's right. ugly, you're looking at that man going, I'm better looking as a girl than he is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So they just went one level further. They literally are in this movie. They're in this fucking meeting and guaranteed these meetings exist. And they're like, okay, if we can make retarded chicks look <laughs> beautiful. No, no, no. Like, if we can make them look absolutely stunning, gorgeous. Imagine what we can do with not retarded chicks. If you're now imagine if you're a not retarded woman looking at this ad. You're like, look how beautiful this chick is. She looks way better than me because she looks beautiful. She looks gorgeous. I mean, stunning. Stunning. I wouldn't do it because there's some legal issues, I'm sure, <laughs> that are attached to it. But but if you can make her beautiful, 
these girls are going to be watching like, I need all that makeup. You need all of it. These motherfuckers are geniuses. They're vile. It's vile, vile genius people. They are evil fucking geniuses. Mm-hmm. Wow. In the guise of empowerment. That's your bit, which is great. It's yeah. this idea that it somehow empowers you when in reality it doesn't. But, oh my God. It didn't make sense to me until right now. I got a text Will Noon and we were trying to figure out what it was. There you go. Will goes, Amy Schumer, look what she did. <laughs> like, <laughs> look what she started. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, okay, funny. all right. Enough about tarts. Let's go back to. Um, Do you think retarded people find Amy Schumer funny? Like, um, if anyone does. <sighs> yes. No. I don't know. I truly don't know. I don't know. No. I'm not sure how they're how they understand stand up. Well, you don't have to understand stand up. I truly don't know. I want to give you a good answer for it. I truly do not know. Um, but do you know who I find hilarious? Who? Our president and chief Donald Trump. Yo. Did you see the fucking tweet that he put out? I didn't, yeah, I didn't know the context of it. Explain the context. Funny, uh, you know, I don't know shit about okay. politics. Fam. Okay. So Elizabeth Warren, uh, announced that she's going to be running for uh, president. Right. God damn. Right. And she's the girl that like, okay. And this is what's so funny about the whole situation. It, it's, it's very layered, right? I'm almost upset that I didn't know anything about. I always thought Trump was like corny my whole life. I just thought it was corny. Right. So I never watched the the Fired show or whatever that show was. Yeah. You're the boss. What is yes. it called? Apprentice. Apprentice, yeah. You're so, the boss. I don't know the name of it. So like, but I never watched that show. I'm like, who gives a fuck about this guy? Yeah. I didn't realize how entertaining he was until he became president. Right. Now I get why people probably watch that show. Because yeah. he just cursed out people the same way, but without yeah. the stakes of politics. Right. 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 So, uh, so Elizabeth Warren says she's going to be president, right? Or going to president. And then she's doing an Instagram live or a Facebook live from her house. Right. And it's on New Year's Eve. And she's uh, she's like, I think I'll start with a beer. I'm going to have a beer. She takes out a beer. She like opens the beer. (laughs) And then her husband, oh, my husband's here. Hi. You know, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. And uh, the video kind of cuts off. (laughs) Trump goes... She goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes. Wait, how does that announce that she's going to be president? She, it was part of the of the longer video. That was okay. the snippet. And then Trump's response to it was something to the extent of like, did she thank her husband for being in her house? <laughs> <laughs> that's where she's, that's where he's supposed to be. <laughs> he just starts ripping. But he put out this other tweet earlier that like did not, it wasn't that funny. Right. And it was almost like he realized that it wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he tried to one up it. He workshopped it. the bit. He workshopped the fucking bit. Yeah. I know people listen to this. Oh, he's trolling you. No, it has nothing to do with that. This is me so excited for the 2020 election because it is going to be raw entertainment. I'm going to pull up his, his New Year's Eve text or his New Year's Day text from like two years ago. Yeah. It's one of the funniest fucking things. This is the year after he won the election. It's entertaining. Dude, you know what's going to happen? This was going to happen. Mm hmm. If that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez runs, right. I guarantee a tweet's going to come out like, um, now would be a much better time for Puerto Rico to not have electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's going to go off, dude. I'm telling oh you. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Hold Are on. Are you looking up this text? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy New Year to... Oh, this is right after we won the election, remember? Yeah. Happy New Year to all, including my many enemies and those who have fought me and lost so badly they just don't know what to do. Love! Exclamation point. So good. I laugh at that. I think about that shit all the time. Oh my God. Okay. Um, so while we're talking about things that make absolutely no sense, yep. um, 
Nick Collison was uh, notified by the Oklahoma City Thunder that his jersey will be retired. You fucking losers, man. It's the most Hillary Clinton-ass move you could possibly do. You what, what do you mean? Just rewarding this mediocrity. Like, stop celebrating this mediocre-ass white motherfucker. Okay, so there's a lot of arguments for white privilege, which I... <laughs> Which I push away. And I go, that's nonsense. Stop making that that argument. Uh, that's funny. identity politics. That's bullshit. This is proof beyond a shadow of a doubt of white privilege. <laughs> the dude literally averaged as many points last year as I did. We Zero. both, I think he averaged, I don't think he was even playing. What are you rewarding? Now, granted, he's the first person that they're putting in the rafters. That's terrible. I don't know who else has been on the team long enough this in order to do it. Embarrassing, Right, but I just don't... Like, what precedent are you set, Dude, Udonis Haslam. Or Udonis Haslam. Whatever the fuck. What Miami's got to give him. If we're rewarding, like, the oh, culture he, guy at the end of the bench. Oh, yeah. For sure. What culture did he even bring? You didn't get any championships because of him. I don't understand it one bit. I, I, don't I truly do not get it. Nick Collison contributing in a positive way. And they're looking up old like highlights. They're trying to find a way it's to justify what's screens. going. Yeah, it's just a big high screen. Oh, you definitely need to have your jersey <laughs> retired for that. Those high screens up top. Oh wow, what are we? Ugh, where, where you rolled out out of your shooting range and yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't do anything afterwards? Yeah, that's great. Uh, oh, the way that he slapped Russell Westbrook five after he went one for sixteen three point for three point shots. That's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, definitely. yeah, I just don't. Get it. I, 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 I can't wrap my head around it. And I'm trying to not be a hater. I, I'm trying to find it's a not justification. A hater. This is not a hater. A hater, you hate on people who are accomplishing things. What, I, what bothers me about it is I got to hear the white privilege argument. Oh, like, you, you, it's, you have to entertain it. No, no. It's like, here, here's, the th- here's the thing. And this is what I do not understand. Everybody's freaking out about the NFL not hiring the black coaches. Right. And that's the argument for racism. <laughs> Nick Collison having his jersey retired after averaging four points a game for his 35-year career is the argument for racism. Think about every other person on that team. Every other person on that team that has averaged more points than Nick Collison. Thabo Cephalosha should have his jersey retired before Nick Collison. Dude, Thabo Cephalosha, I'm pretty sure, was beaten the shit of by the police. Yes. As if he hasn't endured enough racism. I mean, is if if it if there's any message that says Black Lives do not matter in <laughs> Oklahoma City, it's putting the guy. Where was that pick set then, huh? Why don't you set a pick on those four policemen that beat the shit out of Thabo yeah. Cephalosha? Where were you then, Culture Guy Collison? I think that happened in New York. Of course, it happened in New York. <laughs> it happened in OKC. Oh man, yo! You're not going to the club in OKC. This is the most Trump supporter move. What do you I've mean? Ever, this is just like there's no way. I remember I talked to this kid, and this is when I realized he was racist. He told me Larry Bird and Keith Van Horn were two of the greatest players of all time, and I looked at that motherfucker. And I said, "You hate black people." There is no way you think Keith Van Horn is one of the greatest players of all time, and you don't hate black people. The list of players that are better than Keith Van Horn. First of all, 98% black, but it's thousands of players long. <laughs> this is the same kind of thing. Where he it's said like Keith got... Van... Larry Bird, you have to put up there. It's yes! without a doubt. But Keith Van Horn, what's the argument for Keith Van Horn? I don't know. He shot threes? I just laughed at him and made fun of him. And he got really defensive. So I didn't bother asking for a real argument. But this is the same kind of thing. You know whose jersey we should retire? Russell Westbrook? No, 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 no. 
The first jersey retire. Not the guy who didn't leave when everybody else left. No, well, he's second or third. Number one has to be Nick Collison because he's white and he looks like he farms and we look like we farm. Because he looks like everybody in the stands. Yes. Let's keep it real. He looks exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. And his game is about as good as everyone in the stands. He is the most (laughs) relatable game of anybody on the floor, right? All these people in Oklahoma, they're watching Russell Westbrook. They're like, wow. They're, They're literally, wow. Like you're watching Russell. It's breathtaking. It is it is breathtaking. It is hard to be a white supremacist and Oklahoma City Thunder fan. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. hard to sit For in the sure. stands For and sure. go, I am better than black people and watch Russell Westbrook. I bet it was easy that day KD left. Probably let a lot of slurs fly then. <laughs> he let, they let him fly. <laughs> <laughs> but they would have taken them all back if KD would have stayed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the argument of feeling better than yes. and then seeing yes. Russell Westbrook physically what he's capable of doing every single night. Yes. Right? When you see Nick Collison play basketball, you believe you can do anything. I could do that. No, no. Anything. He's Barack Obama for white people. Literally. You know how Obama made black people be like, I could be president. Nick Collison made white people be like, I could no, 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 no. He's if Flavor Flav became president. <laughs> if Flavor Flav became president, then oh, all of us God. go, well, shit, I could be president. Right? Yeah. Like Barack, I look at him and I'm like, man, I don't know if I could be president. No chance. That shit tough. Greatest speaker of my lifetime, maybe all time. How you speak that good and stutter? Think about how good you are at speaking when you're still stuttering. Uh, The number one impediment of speech you have. Yep. And you're still the best. Yep. That's incredible. Yep. That's like being the best porn star and prematurely ejaculating. (laughs) Like imagine you had a problem with premature ejaculating, but your soft dick fucked these girls so good. That's Barack. Larry we Bird like, is Barack. He's breathtaking. Larry Bird is Barack. You can't do what Larry Bird does. You can't do what Barack does. There we go. Yeah. Great example. But Nick Collison. Nick Cannon. Nick Collison is the Nick Cannon. Yeah. Nick Collison is quite literally the Nick Cannon <laughs> yeah. of basketball. There's can... nothing Nick Cannon does that doesn't make you go, I can make shitty headphones. <laughs> like, like what? But you know what Nick Cannon's genius is? Is execution. Oh, yeah. I'll never knock his execution. I'll tell you what, man. Nick Cannon behind the scenes is a fucking different, smart, I mean, obviously brilliant, but like really understands funny. You know what? But Nick Cannon in front of the camera, you're like, so I is Nick Collison. <laughs> okay. So Nick Collison got to be doing so The way he be warming up them seats. On the bench during the game, the way he makes that shit, the way he makes that seat so warm when Russell comes out for the sixty seconds a game that he takes a break. Yo, that's so funny. He could be Mariah Carey's next husband. Literally, <laughs> he can marry her white half. We got it. We got to meet. We got to meet Nick Collison's wife, and we got to talk about how amazingly supportive he is. Oh, I bet he. He is incredible. the best, most supportive. I bet he's incredible. Nobody better to their wife. Fluffs the pillow for her when she's oh. in the bed. Of course, just rolls around the bed before she gets in there so there's no cold spots whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is the guy. Oh, yeah. And his fucking jerseys. Ready? You ready ready to know how absurd it is that his jersey's getting retired? You ready to know how absurd it is that Nick Collison's jersey's getting retired? You ready? This is going to prove it right now. Akash, what fucking number 
is Nick oh Collison. Oh my god. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Three? I don't know. We don't even know what number motherfuckers can't use on OKC no more. So- That's how crazy it is. You shouldn't have your number retired. Yo, this wild. If none man. of us know what fucking number this you got. wild. 11? Fam. Fam. I don't know. I completely honest with you, I do not know. You know, it's probably 13. Because he's about as helpful as the 13th man on a 12-man <laughs> roster. <laughs> that's that's oh, what fuck. number Collison is. <laughs> it's 13. You yeah. still here? That's what they should put in the back of his jersey. What you doing still here? Oh, fuck. Yo, they gave you shorts? <laughs> no way in hell. Dude, I just can't. We got to call up Collison. Maybe we can get someone to, to talk to him and see how he feels. I would have said no. Son, if they tried to embarrass me yeah, by I, retiring I right. my jersey. I think you're right. I would have said no. Uh, what's his name that rejected the Celtics tribute? Him and Paul Pierce are supposed to be on the same night? Isaiah Thomas. Oh, yeah, IT. Yeah. But didn't he, he Paul said, Pierce want to reject it? I think so, but I think Isaiah also said no. I don't, I don't right. Do you like how they try to double up? That's what a sociopath Danny Ainge is. He's like, all right, we got to give it up to both of these cucks. Put it together. I don't need to fucking deal with these Nancys. Put them together. That is such a male sociopathic thing to do. It's like when you got to spend time with your girl and visit your niece. You're just like, hey, babe, you want to go visit my niece? (laughs) (laughs) Babe, I got a great idea. Why don't we just kill two birds with one stone? (laughs) No, it's practice for when we have a family. Can we talk about how our prediction... Of uh, Brad Stevens is coming true. Bruh. Your prediction was. This is more your prediction. Okay, fine. I was trying to give the whole podcast some credit. But Brad Stevens cannot manage egos. He is not an NBA coach. Brad Stevens should have been the greatest assistant coach in NBA history. Mm. Just a nerd. Right. You know, Steve Jobs needed... Wozniak or whatever that nerd was. <laughs> right, right. right, who's the nerd? Wozniak. Wozniak. Yeah. Just a nerd. Right. Right? Everybody needs that. Right. You know? But Steve could manage the fucking egos. Wozniak builds the fucking computers. Brad Stevens is a Wozniak. Yeah. Okay? He's an X's and O's. You're an X's and O nerd. Right. You don't know what to do right. when two six nine black dudes are about to fight each other five feet from you. Did you see that? Oh, I saw this. Morris and Brown about to go at it in a timeout. A little shove from Morris. A little shove about to go at it. Jalen clearly don't want no smoke. That's if Jeff no smoke Van Gundy was the coach, he would have been wrapped around one of their ankles <laughs> in a heartbeat because he knows what to do. Oh, man. Brad Stevens was like, uh, somebody set a pick. Someone set a backdoor <laughs> screen on Morris. Let's get Jalen out of here. He's the future. <laughs> This dude went into nerd mode. You didn't even see him anywhere around. No. The team is imploding. Gordon Hayward. Final out-of-bounds play. 2.6 seconds left. Kyrie is lined up in the backcourt. He's supposed to get a a screen from, I forget whoever the big that was in at the time. Maybe it was Horford. Mm -hmm. Horford sets the original screen on Tatum. Tatum goes for a curl. That pass, if he's wide open, goes to Tatum, and he pulls up for that shot he did on the free. But I think the real play was actually the second pick, which was pop Kyrie open, let Kyrie get the ball with 2.6 seconds left, and let him shoot that three, that little step to the side three that he hit in Curry's face. Let him do that right there. That's how the play is designed. 
and Hayward, because probably got beef with Kyrie, hmm. is like, you know who getting this rock? Who? Tatum getting this rock. Mm. And you know who probably told him to give him the rock? Stevens? Stevens. Stevens like, hey, this play will probably be for Kyrie, but if you see hey, uh, Tatum open, you can give it to him. And then he gave him a white boy look. I don't know, some formal handshake. <laughs> <laughs> All the other guys on the team is like, oh, that's just how they do things. <laughs> it was probably that handshake white people do where they like tickle the inside of your palm. Slip my 20? Yeah, no, no, the tickle. You never I seen that one? Seen that one? No, no. Oh, anyway, it's like, we, it was a little thing like, uh, how, do you, how do gay people shake hands back in the day? And uh, like, here, go, give me your hand. You go like this and you tickle ah. this part. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, I like it. Pretty hot and glamorous. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so we'll get there. That's Patreon. <laughs> That's Patreon. We got a new saying for Patreon. Yeah. But goes out there, makes the exact, makes the play. Right. Tatum misses the shot. Kyrie is furious because he doesn't get to take the last shot. Right. And his insecurities mm. are proven. Mm. Ain't your team, buddy. Yeah. It's this nerd and Jason Tatum's team. Right. And the nerd likes Tatum more. As he should. Because he's a nerd. Yeah. He's calculating metrics. He's like, who can get this shot off better? Right. Oh, he has a you know 10-inch reach advantage on the defender and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. You can't calculate what Kyrie does. Yeah. You can't go, oh, yeah, he's just going to do a spin move and put it between your legs, and then he's going to do a high-arching layup, and he's never missed one of those in his career. Right. There's no calculation for that. Right. I think the team's going to implode. I really think he doesn't have what it takes to manage these fucking egos. I think if you had somebody, if you had Brad Stevens yeah. right along Doc Rivers. Right. If you had Brad Stevens right along Phil Jackson even. Oh, fuck. That team is unstoppable. Literally, all you would have Phil do, don't even, hey, Phil, you don't even got to coach. Brad's going to coach everything. Yeah. Just manage the guys. Right. Keep the guys together. Yeah. Kyrie knew it from the beginning. We just didn't get the news of it yet. Mm. Right? What was Kyrie saying from the beginning? I wish we had some veteran leadership yep. on here to let people know. Yeah. Because you saw the infighting already. We, it, yeah. It's been bubbling for a while. We just getting the news of it now because right. it's public. Do you have any, you got sources. Do you have any sources inside Boston? Nothing inside. I have, I know one guy, but I had not enough where I can, I know a guy part of the organization. But right. not enough where I've asked him about... Because I would love to know. What's going on. But I'll get some research this week. And I would also love to know what's going on in the Warriors locker room. Just not even now, last year when they talked about how crazy it was. And if you guys had any idea, I would love to know. You know what my feeling on the Warriors locker room is? Hmm. Orgy. No. I think... <laughs> <laughs> no. I think my, my feeling in the Warriors locker room, it's completely dependent on wins or losses. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's fine with KD leaving as long as they're winning. Right. But, okay, you know how once the economy gets shitty, everybody blames immigrants and minorities? Yes. Or whatever? Right. Like, that's the the fear. The second the right. economy's bad, it's like, who's, who's, whose fault is it? Right. Uh, it's these immigrants. When the economy's booming, everyone's like, who can I hire that's cheap labor? Right. Immigrants. immigrants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's completely dependent on economic Your circumstances. Pockets. Yes. I think Golden State's locker room success is dependent on economic circumstances and the currency that we're talking about in the NBA wins is wins. Yeah. And as long as they're winning, it's like, I think KD should be able to exercise his free agency just like any player in right. the NBA should be right. allowed to do. And if that means he wants to look at teams, he should absolutely be able to do it. Right. Three game losing streak. Fuck this skinny motherfucker. Yes. You know, how dare you tearing the chemistry yeah. down with a team and Draymond can't shoot threes anymore. And da, 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 da. Yeah. 
So now that they're doing fine and Steph is realized he's going to put them on their fucking back and drop 48 points whenever yeah. he wants. Right. I think you're going to see Sumu Sandlin. Hmm. You even see towards the, in, in the end of that game. I don't know if you were watching any of it. The uh, but KD deferring to Steph in the clutch. Which game? Um, the game against uh, the Mavs. Okay. See, I ended up not watching the, end of the game. But oh yeah, because they were playing. Mavs were playing great. Mavs Luca's playing the fucking tight. truth. He yeah. really is, and yeah. you knew he wanted it. Yeah. But uh, end of the third quarter, dropped that three ball right in KD's I saw eye. That. that was beautiful. I mean, the kid is nice. I oh, yeah. The kid is really nice. It, I get worried because it's like this can't. He really. He's 19, so he should keep getting better. But this seems too good to be true, right? Like, bro, let him cook. Um, when was the last 19 year old that came in like this? You know what? Here's what I'll say. He's white, so the athletics aren't going to get that much better. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to just get crazy swole and just kind of like but diesel. He just That's looks, what he's going to look like. He looks to me a little like he's not lean. Like, he could lean out, I think, with proper diet and... What yeah, is, yeah, he he US could possibly lean out. My, my feeling is like I wouldn't want him to lose weight. Yeah. If anything, I'd want him to maybe you could bulk up and add muscle, but don't lose because he needs to bang. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like the guy uh, Joke Joker on not Joker uh, Joke of what is Joke Jokovic? Yeah, Jokovic on the Nuggets. Oh, oh no, no, what's no, his no, name? Uh, oh, I'm Jokovic is a tennis player. What's the? I can't believe I can't remember this fucking guy's name. What's his name on the Nuggets? Kaz, where's Kaz when you need him? Oh, the center. My God, yeah. But, um, let me just look it up real quick. Um, Jokic? Yo, it's something. It's almost that. This is too many. Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic? You talking about the center? You talking about Nurkic is another guy? No, that's it. Nikola Jokic. No, Nikola Jokic. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. Nikola Jokic. Um, okay, Nikola Jokic. He's built like a butcher. Right, like he, yeah. he looks like when you walk in and you need sliced meat, and you go, "Let me yeah, get a quarter like pound a, of salami." Yeah, blue collar ass motherfucker. Son, can I get a half pound of prosciutto? <laughs> and he looks at you, hey, half pound of prosciutto. You need anything else? He goes, ah, "Let me get some mozzarella." Okay, like yeah. you can imagine with the white apron <laughs> and a white Hanes shirt. Tell me his body. Oh if you put a white apron and a white Hanes shirt on him, nothing has ever been fit so perfectly <laughs> in his entire life. He looks odd. The only reason jerseys look good on him is because the apron is somewhat jersey esque. Oh it my has god, those little so funny. Totally true. <laughs> Right? He's a, he's a baker. The guy looks like a baker. He looks oh, like any man. sort of food preparation person, yeah, but yeah. in he's the- He's a sous chef. That's it. Sous chef. Can right. I get a Caesar salad? Coming right up. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, he knows how to take the right amount of flour in a pinch formation, throw, throw it, it on, on the bre on the thing, yeah. and then roll the bread on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. For sure. Do you know what I'm saying? I could definitely like, see him. I'm picturing in my mind, he's throwing the pizza dough in the He's air, got the dough right hands. here, but the dough is going to stick to the table, so he <laughs> takes a pinch of flour, but not too much- Boom, throws it down. Like Emerald. Spice Bay. That's what it is. Okay? He's Flower Bay. And then he just rolls that shit up right there. Flower Bay. He's Flower Bay. That's his nickname. Son, if you go to his house and he's like, you want a croissant? He's making, he's making that croissant from yeah. scratch. Like, you're like, why are you getting out eggs? He's like, no, nah, I got this. And when Don't he, worry. when he asks, because he's already making them when you walk in. You oh. walk in the kitchen, he's just wearing a little apron, a little hat, yeah, and he's, he's just coming, rolling yeah, out the dough. Yeah. He goes, hey, come right in. I'll be with you in a sec. And you're like, what do you got doing right there? He's he's wearing the apron, but with no underwear. You just see his butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I like to cook in the nude. <laughs> Brings out the little tray with the lemonade, a little glass for you. Be my guest, be my <laughs> guest, but deserve it to the dance. That's uh. Jokic. That being said, I don't want him losing that body. Right. Because he, he he got a bang still. Okay. Like even 
these euros, I think it's diet related. Yeah, their diet is dog shit. You know how like Mexicans didn't start getting ab muscles until they moved to America? No, they were like four feet tall until they moved to America. Dude, that's the, where the chocolate factory was. <laughs> like, people... Be, <laughs> people, oh my God. yo, that's funny as fuck, son. Oh my God. Charlie in the chocolate factory, like, where did he get the workers for the chocolate factory? He was the first person to bring a caravan of illegals into America, son, or yeah. England, or whatever. <laughs> yo, son. Oh, yeah. I'm done. Anyway. Orale, pocos pero locos, eh? Viva la raza! Um, oh, man. So, where were we? Oh, fucking Luca's body. Let them stay that way. Marcusol, Palgasol never got defined. They're not Plumleys. Mark lost mad weight, though. He did, but they never get shredded. They, right. they don't have the food to get shredded there. I, yeah. I truly believe that. Right. They eat like pasta and shit like that. But once you come here, can't you eat this food and get shredded? I don't know how much your body type can change after you're an adult. Look at 19, though. He might be able to. Yeah. He might be able to, but like, if you look at them plumly boys, they've that's, been, that's some corn-fed white yeah, boy, yeah, bro. That's, that's some, some fucking like- They've been throwing hay bales and shit. Red meat, fam. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, red yeah. meat. Oh, that's killing the cow on site. On bro. site. Naming right. the cow. Growing up with it. Killing it. Old Yeller, that little motherfucker. Eating that motherfucker, yeah. son. They didn't even eat Old Yeller. Just That's savage. The head, just Man, bang. These farmers that be naming the animals they eat. It's wild. That's next level. Yeah. I respect that. Hey, man, they got heart. And they eat it. <laughs> they be eating the fucking cows that they... Bro, whatever. Doesn't matter. That's a different body type. But these euros, you just got to let them, let them live. That's why I wouldn't be worried if I'm you. Okay, fair enough. I think... I just, this is different. What yeah. Luke is doing is different. But I remember Michael Michael Carter Williams rookie year. We're like, this yes. kid is something else. And then you just never heard from him again. His only his issue was he couldn't shoot. Luca don't have that issue. Luca, and that was what we were all worried about with Luca. So the thing with Michael Carter Williams, I remember the only basketball source I have, who you obviously know, uh, he was saying Luca's not laterally quick enough. That's what I thought. So Luka, that was the knock. Luca looked heavier to me when I watched his European highlights. Probably was. Look a little fatter, and he just looked kind of slow. He was, and but that step back is so. Here's the thing about a step back: it makes up for lack of speed. Yeah, one, it allows you to corral the ball and get the shot off. Like right. the step back is just creating distance that isn't there. Right. You don't need a step back if you can cross someone over and pull up. If you're just like, quicker than think somebody, about it, Steph by. doesn't need a step back. Yeah, you've never you've seen him step back once. He got called for a travel. Right. Right. But he can get the ball up that quick. Yeah. Luca knows. That he needs a certain, he has a slow release. Yeah. He needs a certain amount of time right. to get that ball in the air. Right. And one way of getting that amount of time is creating that distance. Right. You know, and. Good point. But what I would say about the lateral quickness is he knows he's slow. That's why he does double moves. Mm-mm. So he'll do in and out. Right. Go in and out move. Yeah. Go in the direction that he's supposed to. One step, then behind the back. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I can picture that, yeah. A fast got like, Iverson, right. cross, I'm by you. Yeah. Steph, Hezzy, I'm by you. Right. Luca's not one move, I'm by you. No. It's a move off of a move. Yeah. 
Because yeah, you're yeah. gonna stop my first move. That makes I'm sense. not quick enough. No, that makes but sense. But that second, I can move. That makes sense. I think that's. I think that's where you'll be fine. Also, setback seems like if I can't drive past you, one step, and now we got separation. Boom. That's it. There we go. You got a nice little floater. Good passer. Dude, I mean, fine. he's special. in the best culture too. Like you keep Dirk around specifically to like protect him, make sure that Dennis Smith doesn't, you know, poison the well. Yeah. And, um, those trade Dennis Smith in a hard. Oh, he, they just got to build that stock up. So someone goes after it. I think he could be a good six man. I don't know if his attitude is, if it is definitively still bad, that's a problem. But I think a guy who doesn't seem to have basketball IQ and is athletic, that's your perfect six man. Dude. If if he is in the best culture, succeed. If he doesn't succeed with the Mavs, he won't succeed anywhere. Right. Plain and simple. Right. Unless he goes to a shitty team and he's fine putting up big numbers on a shitty losing right. team. But in terms of like getting the most out of him and having that, he's a very skilled player. He just has little shit. Like I remember when he got his tooth knocked out and he was like, nah, I had to get the tooth back in. I mean, ladies are going to see this. Like, yeah, you're a millionaire. <laughs> you don't need teeth, bro. Yeah, you don't. You, lead, you literally need. Zero teeth. That's what we were talking about earlier. Did we say that? No, basically, if you're rich, you don't have to flex like everybody else. Yes. If you're rich, you don't. I don't need all this. I don't need this fake tooth. I don't need this nothing. I'm good. That, I'm good. Dude, teeth are for poor people. <laughs> teeth are for poor teeth, people. Arms, whatever. It's arms, all poor people. Jewelry, shit. big dick. That's Slinging that big old poor dick. I don't like give a fuck. You know, these, these bitches married to rich people care about inches of dick. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'll buy someone's dick. Give me a house. My homie said, fuck a dick. You know what stays hard? A roof. <laughs> hey, you want to feel uncomfortable, bitch? Here's three stories a house to walk up. Okay? You know what you can't walk up with some big dick? Three stories. Okay? Let this fill you up. Yeah. Big ass house. Why don't you come inside of this big ass house? <laughs> it's so true. It's then so I'll come stupid. Inside of you after, bro. I was thinking about like why. I was really thinking about like why. Uh, why like certain white people are so swagless, and it's like because they're just wealthy. <laughs> they don't have to be for what? Like cool. Cool is a poor thing. Yeah. Cool is a poor thing because you have to be cool. That's what we were saying earlier too. Rich right. people don't dress well. But it's it's not even like, it's, it's, it's like rich people could dress well or could not dress well. It doesn't matter. Right. They don't need it. Like exactly. if you're poor and you need to get pussy still, you got to focus on the things you can control. The intangibles. Intangibles. Gift of gab. Cool. Making things swag. Making all that kind of shit. I mean, that's why you see poorer cultures are always cooler. Like, yeah. they, they got fucking... Sw- Dude, their slang is dope. Yeah. Like, even go to England. The posh people, eh. Wag. No swag. The poor people, like them fucking Manchester or whatever, or like the, uh, what is it, the lock, stock, two smoking barrels, yeah. the snatch, like the yeah. Cockney Grimey accent. Yeah. They got cool sayings, funny words. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there, there's ways that they have to invent bravado to make up for the fact that there's no money yeah that's like a basketball player who doesn't have tools has to be good at intangible things boom i gotta be a good leader i gotta be a good team player brian cardinal nick Nick collison Collison. motherfucking nick collison number four i think he's number four i think he's number four fam i'm i think look i don't know what the fuck number he is look but point is he basketball poor he is basketball no he's basketball rich Okay. Or wait, what is it? He's is basketball it, poor. He's basketball poor. My bad. Yeah. But that is that is the that is the thing about swag and cool. 
Like, if you look at, people don't realize it, but like, if you look at like poor white folks, like the cowboys and shit like that, yeah. they're swagged out. Oh, swagged out as fuck. But I know cowboys. But we don't realize it, but like the belt buckle, that's their chain. Nah, yeah. The cowboy boots, chain. that's their Jordans. Spurs on that shit. Spurs on it. It's like, it's subtle flexing to make up for the fact that they don't got money, money. The farm's losing everything. Yo, think about the tricks they do with the lasso. You don't do that if you're rich. <laughs> you think you lassoing all day if you rich? No, you just go, hey, you poor motherfucker, go get my cattle. <laughs> Yo. Go get my cattle. Not even that. You just go to the fucking Roost Chris and you get a big ass steak exactly. and you don't even think about cooked. it. Yeah. Right? But like, think of it. It's a... It's something you develop out of necessity. How do I get some pussy? How do I get pussy? I ain't got money. I know that's what they like more than anything. I'm going to do this cool shit. I'm going to swag these ladies into it. Son, you know how monkeys get pussy? This this is dope. The monkey that's not the strongest, strongest is basically money. Right. Yeah, right? true, true, true. Because back when you... Alpha, that al- Exactly. Like, we, we turn money into strength. Right. Sorry, we turn strength into money. Right. A transition. Like, money is equal strength, right? Because right. with money, I can buy five guys to beat you up. Right. Right? But monkeys, they still got to be the most alpha. Right. The most strong. So you know what the other motherfuckers do that ain't alpha and strong? Hmm. Some of these monkeys are afraid of the water. So you know what the male monkey does? Hmm. Goes for a swim. Oh, shit. He's like, hey, bitches, look at That's me. Flex. Look, oh, y'all, look y'all, at me cooling in the look pool. Look at me, look at me, cool living my best here. life. No. Look at, oh, y'all afraid of water? That's why Duval hey. had to be a philosopher. Boom. That's why he had to be funny, genius. Boom. Because he five two. You got. I told him that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's so true. But it's like you gotta, you gotta do more. You gotta figure it out. Right. And the fact that monkeys realize that there's literally video of this alpha, these two, they would go back and forth. One is brolic ass monkey and the other one a small monkey was mad smart. And whenever the brolic one would take over the crew and be like, yo, I'm the guy, small one would just roll up in the water, start bathing in that shit, throwing it over his face, jumping around. And he and and then the big brolic monkey looks pussy. Yeah. He's cucked. Right. Yeah. Got your bitches looking at me. Yeah. You know who gonna dry me off later? Your bitches. <laughs> that's who gonna dry me off later, motherfucker. Uh, it's yo, that's what it, my banana later. <laughs> motherfucker. Get ready. <laughs> all the muscles ain't for shit. Real like talk. A bitch in the water. Real talk. You can say that to the girls. You got all these muscles. What's that for? What's that for? You can't swim? What are you gonna do if there's a fire? You know, I can take you to the water. Yeah. Oh, y'all thirsty? <laughs> oh, y'all thirsty at all? Any y'all thirsty? Y'all want some water? You want me to buy you a drink? Hey, you want, you want me to get you a drink? I'll get you a drink. <laughs> Why don't you have him come out here and get the good water? The good water's a little deep. Why don't you go get the... Oh, you, you drinking shallow water? Oh, that's what you... You went to some shallow water. Yeah, I just drink deep water. Yeah, yeah. Little shit. Yeah. That's... That's that's some real, like, human nature shit right yeah. there. You right. So if you see somebody with no swag, marry that guy. He rich. <laughs> well, you damn right about that. Absolutely. Yeah, you marry that guy. Yeah, yeah. Rich. That, next time you see someone no swag, figure out why, ladies. <laughs> There's a reason. Yeah. And it's going to create comfort for you. Ooh. Ooh. Real talk. Hell yeah. There's something to it. I think it's an interesting theory. I agree. <sighs> okay, what else? Man, we've been giving out some bars today, man. Um, yo, you want to talk Blake Griffin and, Griffin and Steve Ballmer, Michael Bennett and the camera guy? Let's talk about uh, Blake Griffin and Steve Ballmer. So, so funny. For those of you guys who don't know, so uh, Steve Ballmer is the owner of the uh, Clippers. Yep. He gives Blake Griffin a Supermax deal. Yep. 
tells Blake Griffin that he's the face of the franchise. We never trade you. We love you. We want to build around you. We want yep. to do everything. Blake plays on the team for a little bit. Uh, did they play for a whole year? Yeah, they played play for, for a whole year. year. I think. And uh, or did they just play for the beginning of this year? Oh no, I forget. He got traded, but last year? basically. Blake's being insubordinate. He's calling his own plays. He's doing whatever the fuck he wants, et cetera. He's not doing anything. Um, and I guess word gets back to Balmer. I don't know if Balmer okayed this with Doc or not, but trades his ass. Also right. trades Austin Rivers. So probably did not speak to Doc. Oh, shit, yeah. Or okays the trade. I mean, his president is what who right. makes the thing, but okays the trade. Uh, trades uh, Blake Griffin to Detroit, where he's having a phenomenal season. He really is. He learned how to shoot the ball. He never shot the ball well his whole career. And it's funny as I was, I was doing a film with him for Whitney yes, Cummings, the female brain. We have this scene together, and we we're just talking while we we're eating, and we we're talking about I think Ben Simmons, and he right. was like, and I was like, yeah, but he can't shoot. And he was like, he's like, yeah, but you can learn how to shoot. And I look at him and, I, and I'm just thinking the whole time, like, when you going to learn how to shoot, motherfucker? Like, let's go, you step it up. No, of course not. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I never thought of it that yeah, way. Yeah, I had to be professional. We were working. <laughs> I also did not have the Flagrant 2 podcast at the point. For sure. So, um, boom. Gets traded to Detroit. Shows out. Ball. Shows out playing ball. They have their first game back in L.A. Yep. playing against the Clippers. Yep. He's warming up pregame. Steve Ballmer walks over to shake his hand, extends his hand. Uh, Griffin runs right by him back into the locker room. Griffin claims that he does this exact same run every single time after his warm-up, which could be possibly true. Mm-hmm. I think there's clear indication that Griffin sees Ballmer. Yeah. Does not want to shake his hand right. and then runs into the room. I Just believe. tries to sun him. I agree. Let's put things in perspective here. You didn't get fired from your job. You got traded to another team that's still going to pay you $200 million. This is true. To be upset that you're getting paid $200 million to play basketball... In Detroit instead of L.A. is the epitome of first world problems. You know who wouldn't do some shit like that? Nick Collison. Oh, no, not at all. Because he would never get paid $200 million. (laughs) Maybe they're putting his jersey there just because they saved so much money on him for his career. (laughs) Maybe that was part of the contract. (laughs) Oh, he's a minimum. Literally, they could use the jersey they gave him for last year. (laughs) It's untainted. Oh, oh, this shit is laundry fresh. Still smells like gain. (laughs) Smells like... Not a wrinkle in it. Summer mist. Hey y'all, don't even bother getting a new one. Just hang my original one up because yeah. I haven't put it on yet. It's still just hanging in the locker. Unsullied. Like a fucking Game of Thrones soldier. <laughs> oh shit. So he's making this big deal. It's personal. They asked him, would you not shake his hand? And he goes, I don't like to talk about hypotheticals. The motherfucker <laughs> made sure that you're making $200 million. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. It's a guarantee you're making $200 million. I'm going to be honest with you, too. Best thing that happened to Blake Griffin is he goes to a small market. Oh, absolutely. Blake Griffin seems better in a small market. Way, way better. He seems like a team leader now. Ironically, Ben Simmons is fucking his ex-girlfriend. 
Oh, that's so funny. Maybe he shouldn't have been telling Kendall and everybody else that he can shoot eventually. It's just shooting. <laughs> he's you know, shooting now. He's definitely shooting. Splash, shot, splash. Been shot. Splash, my friend. <laughs> you know, Kendall is discussing with Chris because, you know, they talk about all their relationships. Yeah. And she's like, Chris is probably like, listen, I don't know if he's ever going to develop a jump shot. It might not be the best thing for the family. And Kendall's just like, Blake did say <laughs> <laughs> that it's just shooting and you can develop oh, it. Yeah. Apparently, you can develop it after you break up with a Kardashian. Oh, for sure. Everything good happens after breaking you up. You got to get out. Ben got to get out, man. He want to shoot. Hey. That's the move. Fuck out of here. Get out. Now. Literally get out. <laughs> Literally get out. My man, you got to get out immediately. So, so what what is what do we have to say about what do we what is the general feeling? Is there something annoying as a fan of a player being upset at a trade? Like how can you not have some gratitude for what you get? Like DeMar DeRozan still bitching about not being on Toronto anymore. Shut the fuck up. You know if you love Toronto so you love Toronto so much DeMar DeRozan? Where do you live in the off season? Huh? Where do you live? Does he not live in Toronto? LA. Oh wow. If you love Toronto so much, why is the second the basketball season is over, you're in LA? Now, granted, you got your family in LA. Absolutely. And there's no way you make enough money to move them to Toronto. It's not a possibility at all. No. But is there are we to be blamed at all, Akash, for being slightly perturbed? I get it. I also kind of get their point. Go. It's like Give, the owners, please help me understand this. The owners talk to you as if you're friends and whatever, and then you realize, oh, you're not a friend. We're not friends. I'm just an asset to you. Hold on one second. Now, there is a level. Akash, let me ask ahead. you a question. Are you saying to me that it is possible billionaires lie? Agreed. That, that maybe these billionaires who quite literally have had to destroy lives to achieve the level of success that they've managed to achieve in their lifetime, are willing to tell a little fib I agree. to an NBA athlete who probably has one year of college education under his belt? I, I agree. These guys got to grow up. You got to grow up. And I, But we tell this to artists all the time. This is show business. Mm -hmm. If you're not producing on the business end, you can't expect... I used to tell my agency... I end up leaving them, but he's telling them, listen, if I'm not producing, you can get rid of me. I get that this is a business. I'm right. not fucking naive about this. Right. I know how that works. So I think, you know, these guys can grow up. Grow the fuck up. I'm sorry, dude. It's like- I get where they're coming from, but grow up. That's the best way to put it. Hey, if, if you get cut and you don't, like when NFL players get cut- That sucks. Dude, my heart is with you, dog, because you're not getting that money that you want, yeah. that you were told you were going to get. Yeah. They do cold shit to NFL players. So I'm with you. And you're putting your life on the line. You're putting your health on the line. I'm sure, excuse me, I'm sure there's games that season where you went in and you were like, yo, my knee's kind of fucked up. And I don't like, know if I should play. And they're like, we'll give you some uh, pain blockers. Yeah, you just get a little shot. You'll be good. And then you tore your ACL. And then they cut you. And it's yeah. like, you motherfucking scumbags. 100%. 100%. But baseball Miko or basketball? Miko right about that. Miko 100% right about that. But baseball or basketball, son? Where I'm guaranteed the two hundred million, whether I'm playing in LA or I'm playing in fucking Beijing, I'm guaranteed that two hundred. Mm. I'll figure it out, fam. I will figure it out. Oh, it's cold in Detroit. I'm pretty sure you can afford an apartment with uh, centralized heat. I think you could get that done. I'll tell you what, that two hundred million is like eight hundred million in Detroit. Oh my God, yes it is. I went to Detroit a couple like a month ago. Sorry about that. I ain't mind. I'll tell you what though, the yeah. show still hasn't paid us. It's a broke ass city. <laughs> 
But I'll tell you what else. We saw Creed. You know how much did I tell you how much we paid to go see Creed? Eight dollars. Four dollars. If we want the if we want the seats, the movie theater with the reclining seats, it wasn't on the way to the airport, so we couldn't go. You know how much that was? Twelve dollars. Five dollars. And you complain about being in Detroit. I'm saying. You could buy the fucking movie theater for twelve. Son, you get the same eighty two games. You get to spend forty one of those games, by the way. In other cities. That's true. So you're only spending 41 games and the days around in Detroit. The rest of the year you can live in LA or you're in these other cities. Also, he saved you a relationship with a Kardashian. Facts. Bro, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. Facts. He, I'm telling you, Blake Griffin needs small markets. If Fam. he leaves and he goes to Miami. Blake's dick is trash, son. Because huh? Kardashians be traveling to shitty destinations for their men. Who? Chloe went to Cleveland. Yeah, but that's Chloe, fam. Oh, you're saying she don't got it. Because she ugly. <laughs> Are you saying that there's a type of makeup that might be out there? <laughs> <laughs> no, not for Chloe. Not for Chloe, bro. Give me that dad girl over Chloe. Son, that's so foul that these makeup companies did that, bro. Chloe need the same curse Cameron Diaz had in Shrek what to make her beautiful. What happened? Remember Cameron Diaz started off as this beautiful princess? Oh, you watch kids' movies, bro? Yeah. Oh, I'm not a pedophile. I... Oh, you missing out, fam. <laughs> you missing the fuck out. I'll tell you what. Yo, Kurt Metzger got a funny joke where he was like, I was watching uh, Toy Story 3, and he goes, on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to the theater. Toy Story 3 slaps, though. Son, yo. Nah, I stand by them cartoon movies. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the acting's always perfect. Yeah. Because you can draw it. It's amazing. Like, you can't be a bad actor if it's cartoon. That's true. Right? Like, we can deliver lines shitty, and we've both done it. Yeah, for sure. But the cartoon, you just adjust the face to give whatever emotion exactly that you want. Exactly what you want. Tell the guy to adjust the read a little bit. It's really like the director is everything in that. The director, yeah. I mean, the artist. Well, because the director's telling Tell the artist, the artist I need a little bit more. Yeah. Yo, directors for cartoon movies, they don't get enough credit, bro. I guess you're right, Doug. They are the ones conveying, like, because, you know, I did this photo shoot. I never do these things, but I did this photo shoot for this magazine, right? And What magazine? Uh, Out? It's, it's called... <laughs> uh, no. Pretty hot and glamorous? Guys, do, if you don't know what Out magazine is, Out is a, is a what is it called? A, I don't know, Indian... Uh, <laughs> It's like like an Indian specialty mag. It's like the most popular magazine to like Indian people, and people are proud yeah. of India. So yeah. go go Google for Out sure, magazine, sure. and I'm jealous that's what they really. The yeah, they really. I'm mad well, jealous. Yeah, 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 I know. I totally. Uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> so you did your Out magazine spread. Tell us about. So it. I did my Out magazine spread. Uh, literally spread. And uh, yeah, I use that word intentionally. Let's get it. to the bottom of this now. <laughs> Yo, hold on. I got to tell go. this asshole story. Go, go. So my homie yeah. is uh, an asshole. I'm not going to say his name for fear that he might, um, I don't know, get oh, don't in trouble or whatever. About it. No, no, he's my homie. What's his first name? Uh, Aziz. So he said he went to a party. Is his name really Aziz, his first yeah. name? Yeah. So he said he went it's, to a- By the way, guys, it's not Aziz and sorry. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I'm Akash old. is not friends with any brown people more famous than him. He is too jealous and hateful You know what? <laughs> I'm trying to think if I am. <laughs> Not son. You be hating these brown motherfuckers once they make it. Nimesh and I are cool. That's my guy. But he's not publicly famous, Nimesh. Yeah, I'm trying he's to He's behind think. the scenes. But you know most of these motherfuckers, and I don't think you're friends with them either. 
I feel like if I I give every you know I give every brown person. I'm a loyal chance. to you to you. Bro. I'm loyal to you, bro. Whatever whoever you friends with, we friends with. And if I'm not, fuck you're not that, friends, dude. bro. That's what's up. You know what I mean? Um, Simple as that. So this guy said he saw Ob- except no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was at a party and yeah. he's telling me first of all Jerry Jones, all the Jones family walked in, they're laughing, yucking it up right after they lost to the Rams. I'm annoyed. Billionaire, he's, billionaire, billionaire, yeah, yeah, billionaire. Fair enough. He yeah. said OBJ posted up here and then he goes, I didn't peg him as a type to come to this establishment, which Good. is already very funny. Then he said uh, he was drunk. He texts me the next day, this poofy hair, Canadian tuxedo wearing ass, uh, standing with a dude, looked at us and asked if we had condoms. I looked him dead in the face, straight face, and said, put it in the ass raw. What he, how'd he respond? I ain't 19 no more. <laughs> That's what OBJ That's what said? OBJ said. Ain't that dope? I have a respect for OBJ after that. Didn't flinch, just I ain't, I ain't 19 no more. Yo, son. Yo, Hey Saquon, you need help with those squats? <laughs> you <laughs> no, need a spot, bro? You he, need a spot, he, bro? He was drunk texting me, so I don't know if it's the wording is off. He said if he meant to say this dude, but yeah. it came it Texas standing with a dude. But very funny response from OBJ either bro, way. Bro, that's his I ain't nineteen no more. That's hysterical. Isn't that funny? Dude, that is so fucking funny. We're proud of my boy for saying that shit to him. So too. who was he rawing in, at nineteen years old? I don't know. I mean he was at LSU, right? Yeah. So Jarvis the quarterback. Landry. <laughs> Yo, we got to talk to Jarvis, bro. Yo. Jarvis Landry's LSU too? I mean, not only was he at LSU, he was a great receiver. (laughs) So we might have to figure out. Wide (laughs) receiver. Well, maybe afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) But he started as a tight end. (laughs) Oh, my God. Funny how you can be a tight end in college, and by the time you make it to the league, you're just a wide receiver. Things just are bigger in the league, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (sighs) Anyway, what was I saying before? I don't remember. No, I inspired this. I was about to tell you a story. Yeah, sorry. Fuck, I don't remember. Um. Oh, you're doing magazine spread. Yes. I usually never do these things. Even if an offer comes in or anything like that, I don't think they're they're good. It's not out magic. It's 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 uh, out. It's departures. It's the one when you're in Delta. It's one thing. It's an American Express thing, but they put it out quarterly. And so one Wait, when you're you did an airplane magazine. Yeah, an airplane magazine. Yo, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. please send me that. If you fly Delta. Right, I don't know right when now? it's out. It's gonna be out. Whatever. But I did it with a bunch of other comedians. And what's funny is I was actually the diversity hire. Oh fuck! So I was the only straight white male comedian. That's an honor. Uh, yeah, I guess kind of. Everybody else in it was either, you know, what's up, man? Everybody else in it was either gay or minority or a woman. Right. Right? And they told me that. They were kind of like set of joking, but they were serious. Right. But the reason I never do these things, I think that's like the downfall for a lot of people. It's the second you co-sign someone saying how great you are. We th- talked about this, yeah. We I don't know if we spent it on this podcast, though. Ye- Have we? Um, no. But, but no, the idea probably, essentially yeah. is like, the second you co-sign somebody saying how great, if you want to do an article for me for some magazine, sure, that's fine. But the second I go in the magazine and I'm like, I agree with how great this person is saying you I set am. yourself up for failure. You say, because it's like, motherfucker, how much credit you need? I got my people. I got my tribe. I got my army. You know what I mean? Which is that's all I you, give a fuck about. Which is dope of you because I don't know that a lot. Of, I don't know that. I'm saying that because I don't know if I would. I think I'd be like, yeah, give me a little. I'll be Son, you need a certain amount of buzz to go. 
But you can also get that by just not doing it. Like yeah. the the guy was the, genuine, yeah, and he I, seemed like a good guy. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. I I think I sense good vibes from you, and I appreciate that, and I'll do it. But I told him I was like, bro, I don't usually do these types of things. Right. I'm just not. I think I, the move is always, and this I, we talked about this. It makes you like cooler and more, uh, like like Johnny Depp living in France before we realized all this other shit was like, oh, he's, it's like it makes him more famous. Yes, it makes him more larger than life. Yeah, for and sure. If, if you're There's like, mystery. if you're like, listen, I appreciate the magazines. I just don't want. I don't do it. I'm not doing that. Yeah. that makes you mysterious. Yeah, larger than life. That's the move. Yeah, and 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 also like the reason why is because like these people that do that, they want this like universal fame. I don't care about that. I care about making content for the people who fuck with me. But it almost helps you get closer to universal fame. If you wanted to, if you were just, you're not thinking this, but if you're no, just no, thinking, no, no, I just no, want to no, pimp no, it. No, 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 no. I'm saying they want universal fame. Yeah. I don't want no, it. I know. So it's not worth me doing it and the potential backlash that comes with it. Yeah. I was thinking even in a way, it even almost kind of makes you more famous to be the guy who's like, I don't want it. Like Marlon oh, Brando won an Oscar for like the Godfather. Sure, 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 sure. It. But it's, it's fame, it's fame or, or, or success, whatever on your terms. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you say no to these things, nobody knows. Right. Like right. I say no to shit, uh, uh, you know, decent amount. Right. But like nobody knows that I say no to it. Right. It's just one of those things where like, I hit a point in my life where like I realized exactly what I want to do and exactly the content I want to make and who I want to make it right, for. Right. And if I'm going to do some big article or whatever like that, I'm basically asking all these other people to get into what I'm right. doing. And unless, and my feeling is I don't need to ask if you want to write about it. Yeah. Then you can write about it. I can't stop you from writing about me. Right. But the second I'm like, Hey, look how great I am or anybody does whenever you see these write-ups yeah. and, and it's just like immediately like, Oh, you motherfucker. Yeah. You know, just why do you need more? Just take what you have, take right. what you're getting. And if right. more things come, that's great. Be grateful for it. Right. Um, I don't know why the fuck I brought this up. It's a magazine article. We're talking about Detroit. We're talking about Blake Griffin. We're talking about the Kardashians. God, I'm so confused today. But uh, anyway, point is whatever. I was the diversity hire on it. And uh, I thought that that was kind of funny. Like how much, if you want to talk about the entertainment industry shifting. Yeah. That like, we say it as a sarcastic joke where it's like, we're like, oh, there's a push for diversity. We think it's like a sarcastic thing. But for to have the book or the thing tell me to my face, you're actually technically a diversity. We needed like a straight white male. Yeah. Like half joking, but also I was the only one there. But also they do need a straight, they need one straight white guy. So <laughs> it's not obvious. Yeah. And even that, we, well, I, this is a different thing, but we've talked about my views on this whole thing, right? Which is? Back when we weren't getting a fair shake. Yeah. Minority's point was just hire the best person for the job. That's right. all we want. Oh, yes. yes now that it's tilted in our favor, we're not saying, hey, guys, this is actually unfair. Even if it's in our favor, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Now they're looking at white guys like, oh, I'm sorry, poor white guy. Is it is it hard for you? And now you just became the white guy you hate. And that bothers me. I still want the best person to get it. And I want to be the best person. Right. That's right. It. Oh, you're saying the minority became the white guy. You became white dudes. And now you're just shitting on the white guys who can't get jobs. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Is it is it hard for you? Finally. You're just being the white douchebag that you hated well, forever who wouldn't. That's what I love is like, I think once people get into these positions of power, they totally understand power. <laughs> it's like what we were talking about before, like the poor people, you know, deciding how much rich people should get taxed. Right. It's like, of course, that's what you think. Yeah. You, you know, you know, it's just like, of course, if you didn't have any power, you, you know what you would do if you had it. And then when you get it, you realize, oh shit, I want to keep this power. Ooh, there's this interesting sports tie in here. Go. You brought up earlier, you touched on. What do you think about all these coaching hires? Did you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's this big issue with the um, 
with like these co- these NFL coaches and like how yeah. they're not enough diversity in the new hires. Three black coaches. head coaches got fired. Zero black head coaches got hired. Right. So I guess what I'm trying to understand is without having any knowledge of these coaches being hired and right. minimal knowledge of these coaches being fired. Right. Are you make not you, mm-hmm. but the people who are insinuating the racism here, are you making the argument that a franchise would purposely hire a worse coach and because of that lower the value of said franchise because of their hatred for African Americans? Is that the assumption? I think the argument and this this has happened in the past and that's why right. they had to put in you know what the Rooney rule is? Yeah. The reason the Rooney Rule had to come in is because they wouldn't say hire the Rooney Rule to everybody. Doesn't Rooney know. Rule is anytime you have a head coaching vacancy and you're interviewing people, you have to interview one black person. Right, and the Rooney Rule is made off of uh, the Rooney's are a family that own the Giants, the Giants and the Steelers. Yes, and they're also that Mara Rooney or whatever actress yeah. is, you know, yeah. uncles or whatever. But yeah, um, but so that you know that's a rule that is in place. So a black head coach will get uh, an interview, or a black coach Great. will get an interview, but they're not getting hired. The idea is also even if it's not for this job, you. His name is out there for future jobs. Dude, I love the Rooney Rule's great. Solid. It's, it's what we always talk about. It's like you want to make sure there's it. an even playing ground, but in order for the playing ground to be even, everybody has to have a playing ground. Now, a lot this, of people say there's a better way to do it. I'm not saying it's perfect. Sure, but there's always it better the ways. Door for something. You're trying. You're now, making what yeah. I and I think there might be a a bias of oh, this black coach can't be as good as a white coach. Right. I don't think they think, oh, he's better, but fuck that. I don't want a black guy. I think they, they think the bias. And the racism exists, but I don't think it applies this year. This year, the bias is toward offensive QBs. Two defensive coordinators got hired. I don't remember the second one. The first one is the Bears defensive coordinator. Yeah. The Bears defense was fucking insane. And people were surprised the Broncos hired this guy. Everybody else is just an offensive guy. Cliff Kingsbury, which was the craziest hire to everybody, was the coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Austin, or in Lubbock. They're not good, but he, Baker Mayfield played there, so he had a hand in Baker Mayfield. Patrick Mahomes played there, so he had a hand in Patrick Mahomes. So you're looking at this guy, and you think, we got Josh Rosens, this QB. The most important thing right now is developing this QB. Let's get. I don't think it's a good decision, but their thought is let's get this guy who's a QB guy right. to come be the head coach. There's a saying that you probably heard of. It's those that can't do teach. Yeah. Can you name a group of people that can't do <laughs> athletic things more <laughs> than balding white men? That's <laughs> uh, so funny. I'm just saying, if I needed to pick somebody, right, on a team to coach a basketball team— it's not going to be the seven foot center. No. It's going to be the 5'11 point Steve guard. Kerr. It's going to be the Steve Kerr. It's going to be the guy who had to, doesn't have to, it's Muggsy Bogues. It's going to be who was the point guard for uh, San Antonio Spurs uh, uh, growing up when Avery we were Johnson. kids? A- Avery Johnson. It's going to be the guy who had zero, almost zero athleticism. And it will bone actually at natural athleticism. I'm talking about the short guys, Ty Lu, the guys who had to literally Jeff Van Gundy, the guys who were not built for this game, but had right, to figure yeah. out yeah. every single tiny little advantage. Who had to like TJ McConnell after he's done playing in a few years he's is going to be, be a great coach yeah. because he's so limited physically. He's had to learn every little bit of the game to get uh, an advantage. Right. You know who's not going to be a good coach? Ben Simmons. No. Okay? Now, he could be, but he's not going to know. It's rare you get somebody who's as gifted as LeBron and knows the game as well, too. Yeah. Because you don't have to. It's like a hot chick that's funny. 
Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, LeBron doesn't have to know about defensive yeah. schemes. Right. He just jumps over the scheme and dunks on your face. Right. Right? Right. Like Steph Curry doesn't have to know how to attack a zone defense perfectly. He just steps back from 40 feet and throws a fucking three up. Mark splashes Jackson it. has to know. Mark Jackson has to know everything. So these are the people in my personal... Listen, Phil Jackson was not an amazing basketball player, no. but he was a great teammate right. and he understood the game and that's what we do. it. So if we're looking at people who had to study the fuck out of every little tiny bit of minutiae of the game, it's not going to be Deion Sanders. No. It's not going to be the most athletically, brilliantly gifted people. Is Michael Jordan a great coach? No. Is he even a great owner? No. No. Because no. he doesn't know. Because he doesn't see those things. He's just so athletic and so competitive. Uh, I will say this. There's the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Chris Richard, got a lot of interviews. Yeah. He's probably good enough to be a head coach, but everybody just went offense this year. I bet once this trend dies down, because everybody wants it next Sean McVay, and to their point, the top four teams left are all good offensive teams. The Ravens, great defense. They got booted. Right. Cowboys, great defense. Got destroyed by Sean McVay. All the, the great defenses that made it are gone. So we're looking for some offense. So offense is the name of the game right now. Right. I think Byron Leftwich will get a job. He seems like yeah. he's moving up the ranks. He was shitty enough as a quarterback <laughs> that he might understand what it takes to be a good quarterback. It's like like the guy, uh, Brian Hoyer, who's apparently like the best guy at looking at film. He's yeah, a shit quarterback all he has. because all he does is look at the film, but yeah. he stays around because he has to understand the game to get that much of an yeah. advantage. He's going to be a great coach. It's like, what are you going to truly ask Cam Newton, uh, Newton to like uh, educate us about the quarterback position? Like, how can you teach me to be six six and the most physically gifted, you know, a quarterback specimen in history? Does Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick isn't the greatest coach ever because he's white. He's the greatest coach ever because he's short and fat and probably useless when he played football. So he had to figure out how to be good. <laughs> yeah. Really, like so. So I think there is something to it, and I think what you're gonna you're gonna eventually find is you're gonna find that these great coaches end up being mediocre talent. And guess what? There's a whole lot of mediocre black talent out there that's gonna turn out to be amazing head coaches. They'll work their way up the ranks once you go to defense too. There will. It's I without think- a doubt. And maybe maybe the defensive switch. Now we got to get out of here because uh, horrible's coming in right now. Real quick before we get out of here, I want to ask you this: What do you think is more fun to play, offense or defense in football? Defense. Without a doubt. Why? I don't know. Cornerback just seems so fucking fun. You're just out there for the most part on your island. You just gotta. It's just you and him, and let's go. And like, to me, somehow the rush of breaking up a touchdown. Is almost better than the rush of catching a touchdown. Fair enough. I don't know why, though. I just, my feeling of this, it would be more fun to play the whole game. Not saying what happens when you make a play, but just being wide receiver. Being wide receiver is like being at the club and your girlfriend's like really flirty. And like every once in a while, she like comes and dances with you. But right. the majority of the time, she's just like talking to dudes and shit like that. <laughs> and you're like in the huddle, you're like, "Am I going to get some attention?" Yes. And, he, he, and then you know, and she's like, she's like, "I'm just that's also friendly." True. If you're you the know, receiver, you're getting the ball three times, a three game. times a game. If you're a cornerback, every time he doesn't get the ball, you won. Exactly. Every single time, so you get some positive reinforcement. Like yes. you're involved in every single play, yes. and it's exciting that's every single play. Point. Not to mention, as a wide receiver, you're just getting concussed when you land with the ball every single time, possibly, <laughs> right? right? Running back. Potential concussion every single time, running head first into people yeah. every single time, destroying your body. You Linebacker, know? lineman on the def- defense, same thing. Constant big hits. Sure, sure, but you're controlling the hit. 
it's my shoulder going into you. Fair I get to choose what I want right. to use. You right. don't get to choose what gets hit. Right. You're that's up to me. Yeah. I truly think, even though it's less glorious, playing defense is a way more fun part of the game. Yeah. I never wrap my head around it. Literally, literally yesterday when I'm watching, I'm like, wow, offense is boring. What a fuck! Like, imagine being an offensive lineman. It's exhilarating because not exhilarating. It's like it grabs your attention and distracts you. But at the end of the day, it's like, what's the success? Oh, I just held him in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that's, that's trying boring. the whole game to get a sack that's, and you get one. Yeah, that's boring. You can't even celebrate as an offensive lineman. Like, you can't celebrate not getting a sack, not giving up. Yeah, a sack. there's no like the most thankless job in sports. Exactly. It's like by the time your team scores a touchdown, you're 40 yards. You got to run to the scene <laughs> of the touchdown. I'll Everybody's just wait for him at the bench. done I'll with just the wait. celebration. Oh, How fucked up is that? Is the re- the wide receiver scores? The rest of the wide receivers do this nice little thing where they celebrate. They got their touchdown dance, and then all these offensive linemen running like Hodor. Hodor, 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 Hodor. I want to celebrate too. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. And then by the time they get there, celebration's done. Cameras are gone, and they're just sweaty walking around right. like idiots. Yeah. Defense. Defense. Wins championships. It's more fun. And more fun. This has been the Flagrant 2 Podcast. Keep listening. Oh, also, we got to go. We got to run. Sorry. Sorry. We'll tell you next week. Matter of fact, or you can find out on our Patreon. Flagrant 2. It's patreon.com slash flagrant 2. Always exciting things we're going to talk about there. Fun little stuff. Hopefully, we get some, some cool... How can how should I say video content that we've been wanting to get for a while, and we're gonna oh, do it. Yeah. Anyway, oh shit! Anyway, anyway Patreon.com/slash/flagrant2. Come on board, grow the army. We love y'all. Peace.